be here with you. You know, I just love coming in. In fact, we can worship our awesome God and celebrate life change with Jesus Christ. I share this the first service. Sometimes on Sundays I come in and uh, I'm getting ready for the morning and, my, and all of a sudden just my mind gets lost. I get confused. I get flustered. I, things are entering my mind. They're not true. And I love the fact that we just step in this room. We can start worshiping God and praising his name. Those things just, just fly away. It's like, you know, they're from the enemy. They don't belong. And our worship does just that. And good morning to all of you who are joining us online. Let me just say this. You can't come to another service because we don't have one. But I hope if you're in a driving distance, you'll join us next week as we continue to chase this life with Jesus. What it actually looks like to live with him. If you are a guest with us today, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are here we hope that you felt wanted. We hope it made, we made you feel welcome and that you'd be willing to come back with us and join us next week as, again, we chase this life in Jesus, what it looks like. Um, if you are new and those orange cards are in front of you, please fill us out. Uh, we believe that uh, you can't do life alone. Uh, life is better connected, and we want to connect with you and help you take your next steps with Jesus Christ. Uh, fill those out and take them to the, to the orange tables after service so we can continue to walk those steps with you. We are four weeks into this Counterfeit Christian series, and if you've missed any of all these conversations that we've had throughout the weeks, I want to share with you, now you can go back and you can find them on our podcast. Uh, we are launching this week a podcast here at Vertical Church. Uh, it's one of our next steps to get the Word of God out further than what we can do in here on a Sunday morning. Um, the messages are there. They're free to download, free to listen to, free to share with your friends. Um, they're that important. We want to get them out there, and they're on all three major players. Spotify, Google Podcast, and Google, I mean Google Play and Apple Podcast. There, we want to get that out there so you can listen to it. You got to look up Vertical Church Sermon of the Week, subscribe, and they'll always be there in case you miss on a Sunday. Or if you're part of a small group and you're doing sermon-based small groups and you miss a Sunday, you can always listen to it before you get to your group so you can participate in that way as well. But it's a new step for his, us here at Vertical. I hope you get in, involved with that as as we continue to move forward. Um, what we've been doing is a series in Counterfeit Christian. We're kind of battling this perception that's out there. And it's actually, I, I think it's more than a perception. I think it's more of a reality across the American church where people are saying the American church has fallen. It's fallen. It's not really Christian-based anymore. It has some elements of Christianity in it, but it's, it's really not what God intended it to be. And in studies upon studies upon studies have been showing that. In the very first week, I shared some very disturbing statements that come from that idea that, that the church has fallen. It's really not what God intended to be, not what his bride was supposed to be to the world. And that absolutely frustrates me. And we've been noticing through this series that we're walking through it, that either the world has been handed a counterfeit Jesus, right? The Jesus that, that's being preached and shared about is not the Jesus of scriptures, right? So if it's not the Jesus of scripture, it means the church doesn't have to live like the scriptures, and that's what's happening. Things are being preached and pe things are being shared around our country. They're not based off the Jesus of scriptures. So the church are not living like the scriptures call us to live. And so that's where this whole idea where counterfeit Christian comes in. Are there areas in our lives that we are living that are counter Christ? And so we've been asking ourselves a very hard question, very personal question throughout this series. Am I a counterfeit Christian or am I the real deal? Am I a counterfeit Christian? Am I the real deal? Are there areas in my life, like the series says, that I'm living, that I know I shouldn't be, according to scriptures, completely opposite what Jesus called me to live? And so we're doing this through the book of 1 John. We've been reading through the, teaching through the book of 1 John, but we've also been doing it while we're reading as a church through the book of John. 
See, the book of John is all Jesus, man. I love the book of John. It's all about Jesus and, and what he did so we can have this life with him. And the book of 1 John is continuous. As we're reading the book of John, the first John tells us this is how you live this life. This is what it looks like. This is what Jesus died so we can have eternity with him, how he called us to live as his church. And so we're going to be digging at this morning. But before we get into it, I need to do some research. I need to do some research, and you guys are my test people for that research. Hope you're okay with that. Who here hates being told what to do? Come on now. Be real. Look around this room. Come on, look around the room. Who here hates being told what to do? Okay, yeah, that's pretty much everybody in the room. And if you're online, you probably got your hands raised as well. You know, when someone tells us what to do, we don't like it. It makes our skin crawl. You know, when a, when a boss tells us we're going to make some changes or tells us to do something we don't want to do, ugh, we don't like it, right? When a teacher, when a teacher throws down a project on a Friday afternoon saying it's due on Monday, we're like, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. I want to listen to you. Go on upon your way. When parents, right, when parents tells us to do something, and I don't need to list anything, because anytime if you're a student, you have a child, right, if you have parents telling you what to do something, you don't want to listen anyways, right? You're just like, oh, no, I don't want to follow that, because it's ridiculous. We lift our hands a little bit higher. See, in some way, I believe all of us have this problem with authority in our lives. We like to rebel. We like to push back. We like to reject what we're being told to do. We like to disobey. And I believe that is found in the, the root of our sin nature. As a part of us that was born within us that we reject authority, and especially when it comes to the authority of God in our lives. We want to do what we want to do, be who we want to be, and don't you, tear, don't you dare tell me I can't. So that's what we're going to be confronting this morning. I'll be right up front with you, right? That's what we're going after this morning. When God reveals to us in his word, saying, this is how we have called you to live, are we actually living it out? Are we living it out? See, I think as I read through this, it's, and you see this as we walk through it this morning, I think it's more than just obedience. I think obeying the scriptures is an act of love. And it's an act of love to the, the God who created us. It's an act of love to the one who loves us the most. It's an act of love for the one who saves us for all eternity to be with him. And I think you're going to see that this morning. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, we're starting at verse 1 this morning. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. John is writing to a, uh, writing to a group of Jesus followers. Right? Again, John was a closest follower of Jesus. He understood, he walked with, he followed, he ministered with Jesus. And he's writing to a group of Christians who were saved by grace, right? But they're being led astray by false teachings and everything that's going around them. And they're going astray and their lives are no longer lived like a life changed by Jesus, kind of looking more like the world that Jesus tried to save them from. And as the more I study the scriptures, the more I come on this understanding of 1 John, I feel like this book that Jesus is just calling out to his church. Not just vertical church, but the big C church. Jesus is calling out to his church saying, listen, listen. You say that you're a follower of me. You say that I've saved your soul for all eternity, but are you truly following me? Are you living for me? Does your life show something different. And if you're honest, if I'm being honest, that, that crushes me. That's what I feel like Jesus is calling out to his church. So let's look at this. Jump into verse 1. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Let me just stop there real quick. 
This is not some intellectual belief. This is not some head knowledge, like, oh, yeah, I can get that, I understand that. This is the belief means when you have faith, you surrendered your life to him, you are born of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In verse 3, in fact, this is the love for God, to keep his commands. Let's just stop right there. I know sometimes we read scripture, we open the Bible, and we're reading it, and it's very hard to understand. Like, I'm not really understanding what it's saying. I don't have, I'm not even figuring out how to apply it to my life, because that's what we're called to do. That's very hard. In fact, Peter talks about Paul's letters, and sometimes that dude writes some things, I'm not even sure where he's going. And it's hard for us to understand. But sometimes, and I think this is one of those times that God just sits us down. He's like, come on, come on, come on. I want you to have a seat. Come on, sit down and relax. We're going to have a conversation, an honest conversation. I want to be very, very clear. Almost like I, it's almost like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood moment, if you ask me. Like, come on in. Let me put on my sweater and zip it up. Let me tie my shoes. Let's sit down. Let's just have this honest conversation about what it looks like. This is one of those conversations I think Jesus is having with us. He's like, this is what it looks like. If you love the Father, then you love his son, Jesus. And the love, that love is rooted in obedience. Let me just say that again. If you love God the Father, you, then, you lo- it's lived, then you love Jesus, and that love is rooted in our obedience. Well, that's where we start. Because right up front, we can see the difference, what it looks like to be a counterfeit versus the real deal. See, counterfeits do what they want. Real deal Christians do what God wants. Counterfeits do what they want. Real deal Christians do what God wants. Look at, reread verse 3. In fact, this is a love for God, to keep his commands. Our love for God as a church, your love for God as your Savior, my love for God is seen in keeping, obeying his commands. And this word keep literally means to persist in, to hold to, to fulfill, to obey. John is telling us, Jesus is telling us, God is telling us, us that the real deal Jesus' life is found in and fostered in and lived out in obedience. Well, this is where it gets tough. This is where the train goes off the tracks and in life where it's like, I don't know if I can agree with that or understand that or not. Why? Because we, most of us in this room admitted that we have a problem with authority. We don't like to be told what to do. We have our own opinions how we want to live life. We have our own perceptions of how we desire to live. We have family traditions that have been handed down to us. say, no, this is how you really live. And so when God steps into our world and says, no, this is how I've called you to live, we're like, ah, I don't know. This is what I want. And we admitted that. We raised our hands. I raised two hands because I've battled this all my life. I battled authority all my life. When it came to my parents, I was like, I'll do what I want. Then when I got to school, my teacher's like, oh my word, I can't deal with this kid anymore because I did what I wanted. And then I carried over to my bosses and my boss said, hey, you need to do this. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go do what I want. 
I've battled it all my life. And every single time I push and I go outside of the guardrails that are put in life in my life for me to, to follow an obedient to the authority put in front of me, every time I went out those more pain. There was more suffering. There was more heartache, more damage. I don't want that. But every time I pushed, that's exactly what happened. And so I, I think through this, and growing up with my, parent, with my parents, put a bunch of rules in place for us as kids. A bunch of rules, and parents in the room, thank you. Your kids need rules. They need some guidelines. They need some structure in it. And kids in the room, I'm sorry, but that's absolutely true. So my parents put some rules for us as kids. And one of those rules like, hey, this is where you can play. Like, stay in our yard. Up at this end of a property ridge is a tree in the end of the sidewalk. Do not pass this. And at the other end of the property, we had a tree stump. And the stump was absolutely amazing. I think it was put there by God, divinely put, because of what it did. It gave us an awesome ramp. Like we used to go down the sidewalk on our bikes and jump off the stump into the coming traffic. Amazing, right? But don't, don't go past that stump. Well, I pushed. So mom would call and say, hey, lunch is ready. Where was Rich? He wasn't in the property lines. He was downtown. He was horsing around where he shouldn't have been. That's kind of how I was. It's kind of how I lived. I was the youngest. That maybe that gives some clarity about how I lived in life, right? That's how, how we rolled. And that's kind of where, where it was. Every single time, my parents would put something like, the people who cared about me the most put some things in place to keep me safe, to lead me to the best possible life. I was always trying to find a way out of it. Rich, don't go there. Well, I was there. Rich, you shouldn't do that. Mm, I did that. My brothers and sisters were, you know, they were good. Man, I was on my world of my own. In fact, they bought, I remember they brought me these brand new boots for the winter season. They said, Rich, these are brand new winter boots. Waterproof. Do not ruin them. Well, guess where I was the next day? I was down at the end of the street in a creek. Water up to my knees, boots to my shins. I ruined them. You know, that's kind of how I rolled. It's who I was. And I think, I don't think I'm the only one who does that, right? Are, is someone else in this room kind of like me? Someone raise their hand. Thank you for not leaving me alone like I was the only one in the world. I appreciate you guys. Come on. What we do, friends, we take that rebellious nature, the pushback against authority, and we bring it to God. We bring it to a relationship with Jesus. And when, so we read stuff in Scripture. We eternally think or externally say, I'm not going to do that. That's not for me. We read the Bible. We listen to podcasts. We come to Sunday morning and hear messages like, oh, that's not for me. That's for the person sitting next to me. That's why you elbow in your spouse. Don't do it now. We don't have time for marriage counseling. But we do that. We don't want to listen. We push back. And we feel like, come on, Rich. Do we really have to live this radical life in Jesus? We don't want to be that Jesus freak, you know, where people point fingers at. You know, we don't want to be all that. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying about obeying what God's called you to live. We take the book that was given to us by God and think, treat it as a suggestion book. 
and it's not. It's not a book of options that you can pick and choose what you want to live or how you want to live. If you've called Jesus your Lord and say, if you surrender your life to him, this book is the authority in your life. It was given to you, it was given to me, it was given to the church, right? So we can figure out how God has called us to live. That's important. Because it changes everything in how we actually do. Counterfeits, look and listen, and apply only what they want. Only what seems good to them. Only what's not an inconvenience for their life. And sometimes they feel very little remorse about doing that. So I want to be clear. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Jesus talks about this over and over. We read through this in John chapter 14 this last week in our church reading plan. If he says in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them, they are the one who loves me. Look on the screen, verse 23 and 24. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father loves them, and, and we will come with to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. You see how our obedience is an act of love towards God. Those of us who are in the room who are parents, we can clearly see this, because how frustrated are we with our kids when they don't obey us? I heard a very over here. How frustrated are we when we ask our kids to do things and they only do partial of what we've asked them to do? I said, cleaned your room. Uh, well, I wiped off my desk. Never mind the mountain of clothes they're standing on top of, right? If you're in this room, you're not a parent. You can see this as well. How frustrated has your parents been with you when you disobeyed? when you did what you wanted to do, not what your parents asked you to do? How frustrated are you, your parents with you when you're, you only did partial of what they asked you to do? So we can get this, we can understand this because we push against authority all the time. Well, that's what Jesus is pushing against us. If you're the real deal, you're willing to look in the mirror and be honest with what you're doing and make some changes. In fact, let's do it this morning. I'm gonna play with me some bit. Everybody put their hands together like they're looking in the mirror. Here we go. We're looking in the mirror. You, okay, just so we're clear here, you can't see mine. All right? I can't see yours. Chris, you're not going to play with me? All right, play. All right, thank you, brother. All right, so we're going to look in the mirror. We're going to look in the mirror. Here we go. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, mm. but only what is beneficial for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's what God's word says. Now we're looking in the mirror. How is that being lived out? God's word says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Okay, but that neighbor is not nice. I found 20 bucks on the floor next to his door and I gave it to him and he still, I think he wanted to give me the finger, but he shut the door. And I love him. How about this one? Uh, God's word says that we need to forgive as Jesus forgives. Mm. But you don't know what they did. Mm, it's okay. 
You don't know what I'm walking through. Okay. Man, this is tough. God's word says there must be a hint of sexual morality in our lives or impurity or greed because this is improper for God's holy people. All right, I'm done with that. That hurts. That's convicting. That's God's word. And he calls us to be the real deal. He's given us and saying, okay, this is how I've called you to live. I didn't say it was going to be easy. But this is what he's called us to do. If we're fighting back this fake Christianity that's going across our nation, we need to live out what God has called us to do. Counterfeits do what they want. Real deal Christians do what God wants. Let's continue reading. It says, his commands are not burdensome. Okay, let's just stop right there. I love this one phrase. His commands are not burdensome. I love this because it's pointing out to you, it's pushing deep in our hearts that the word of God, his commands are not a burden for us in life. In fact, as you read through scripture, you see it's exactly the opposite. Jesus calls the burden to himself. Why? He says his yoke is easy. A yoke is his leading. His leading through us through his word is easy. Less burden, less heartache, heartache, less baggage. So that's what I have for you. My commands are not a burden. I'm leading you to the best possible life with me. And he continues, says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And this has becomes very, very clear. Counterfeits are defeated by the world. Christians are overcomers in Christ. Counterfeits who don't listen to the word and absorb the world, they're defeated by the world. They get pushed down, they get pushed around, they get de- they're pushed all in their faces. And this is how they like, come on, come on, come on, you don't see it. That's what Jesus is saying. You don't see what the world's doing to you, but you're being defeated. Christians are overcomers in Christ. Jesus is saying, if you've been born of God, you receive the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if that is you, you've given your life to Christ. He's the Lord of your life. You have victory over this world. Someone shout amen. But, and this is a big but. Yes, I said big but on stage. There's a direct connection to obeying his commands and having victory over this world. Direct connection of us obeying his commands and having victory over this world. Counterfeits 
are consumed by the world. They didn't put their hands up with the world saying, talk to the hand, my ear's not listening. They brought it all in. They continue to bring it in and they are defeated. Real deal Christians are consumed by Christ and that's where we find our victory. The world is telling us the Bible is a relic. It's outdated information that anyone who follows it and the one who authors it is weak and you need a ruler. But that those of the world fail to realize is that they're being consumed and ruled by what the system says that they could do and what's acceptable by society. They miss it. They're following this lead of all the stuff in the world, thinking, oh, that's great, but they're being controlled by society. And they're being defeated by the world. It's not what Christians do. The real deal Christians, we're being consumed by Jesus. And Jesus is overflowing into our lives. That's who we are. If you said yes to Jesus, you are a follower in Christ. You are an overcomer in this world. There's a reason why John used that word multiple times in this one letter. Overcome, overcomer, purposely telling you, telling me, telling them that we can be overcomers ever over anything that this world is throwing at us because we are so consumed in Christ. Look back at chapter 4, verse 4. We didn't read this last week where he says, Dear children, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Why? Because the one in you is greater than the one who's in the world. Come on, drop the mic. Exit stage left. Just get out of it. That's all that needs to be said. In Jesus, you overcome this world. Why? Because Jesus overcame this world. In Jesus, you overcome this world. Why? Because he gives us everything we need for life and godliness. In Jesus, you overcome this world. Why? Because he has gave us his spirit, the spirit of living Christ residing in, in us to be our counselor, to be our advocate, to convict us. It doesn't get any better than that. Verse 5 says, who is it overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, that he is the anointed one, and that he sets people free. That is you, church. That is me. That is Everyone, whoever surrenders their life to Jesus. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're walking through outside those doors. But I know you can have victory. I know you can have victory of what you're facing. Jesus says you can have victory. But it comes down to you. Do you believe it? Do you believe the power of God working in you and through you can help you overcome what's in front of you? Man, that's a huge difference between a counterfeit and a real deal. Do you want to be an overcomer? 
Do you want to have victory in this world? Then pick up this book and start having a love relationship with the author of it. Because you can't grow if you're not reading. You don't know his commands if you're not reading his commands. All we do is we'll take whatever people are saying and sharing and, uh, and we'll bring it a little bit of the world and we have come up with this false, fake Christianity. Well, that's what God's called us to do. He says we need to be the real deal. It's an open book test, friends. Read it. Digest it. Love it. And I'm not saying that we need to be perfect. I'm not saying that we need to be sinless. There's only one who's ever done that. And that's Jesus. But if we are going to follow him, we are going to become the church that he's called us to be, then we should be sinning less. Becoming less like the world and more like the risen Christ. Reading this book is our pursuit of God. I want to be like him. I want to love him with my everything. He has been my way maker. We just sang that. So let me just follow him with my everything. And friends, I guarantee if you're not pursuing God, you're pursuing something else in this world. And that something else is only using you to get what it wants. See, God loves you. And he wants you to have the best possible life. Life to the full, Jesus said. And I don't know about you. I've openly admitted that I hate being told what to do. It drives me nuts. But you know what I hate more? Losing. I hate losing. I want victory. I want victory in this life. Not for me, but for Jesus. And if you want that same victory, you have to decide, am I going to be a counterfeit and embrace what the world is selling me? Or am I going to open up this book and start living how God has called me to live? That, my friends, is the real deal. I can't make this choice for you. I can only make it for myself. You have to decide right here, right now, how you're going to live for the one who gave us everything for you. Are we going to shine bright? Are we going to shine different? Are we going to shine for his glory? Or not? The world doesn't need fake Christianity. It needs the real deal Jesus. And it's up to us as a church to show him just that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. God, I thank you for your word. So simple, so clear. 
that if we say that we follow you, Lord, then there's those things in Scripture that we're not doing. And we need to be living differently and make some changes in our lives. God, I, I want to have victory in my life for you. And I pray that our church does as well. It's not going to be easy. You told us it wasn't going to be easy. In fact, following you is going to be tough. We're going to deal with some hardship. We're going to deal with some rejection. But your bride, your church, is an overcomer through you, through your son. And I pray that we'll be a church that does just that. Regardless of what we're seeing at work, we'll be different. We'll live your word. Regardless of what we're seeing at the store, we'll be different. We'll live your word. Regardless of what we're seeing in school, we'll be different. We'll live your word. You'll give us everything we need according to your scripture. So God, I pray for everyone who is here right now, anyone who's listening or watching online, that when those time comes, that will press into you, to your strength that resides in them as your child. May we be the real deal. Because that's what you've called us to be. And right now, church, the prayer team is pulled up front. And if there's anything in your life that you're walking through, anything that you're dealing with, any struggle that you need victory in, come forward after service. They want to pray with you. They want to pray over you. They want to be an encouragement to your life. And we can't do life alone. And that's why God brought us together as a church. And if you're here this morning and, and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you've never said yes, never surrendered your life to him, then come forward. You can't have victory without him inside. You can't have victory over this world unless you've given it to the one who's overcame this world. So I encourage you this morning that you come forward. Talk with our prayer team. They would love to have a conversation with you what it means to give your life to Jesus Christ and even pray with you this morning as you walk, walk across the threshold of faith. Oh, God. This has been a very wide open series, eye-opening series. I pray. I pray that you forgive me for not living that life. Thank you for your word that's convicted me personally right here, right now. The areas where I'm a counterfeit. I pray. You help me fight. And anyone else who's being real and raw with you this morning to do the same. We love you. We worship you. In your son's name I pray. Amen.